Hey guys, my name is Mavi and I've spent the last 14 years in the plastic surgery and beauty industry, working alongside top board certified plastic surgeons. In that time, I've helped thousands of women in their surgical journey. My passion to educate and help women feel empowered is what led to what we now know as the Big Butts No Lies podcast. Join in on the fun as I talk to plastic surgery experts, friends, and real life patients about all things plastic surgery. Should be fun. This is just an update. Okay, so last the last we left off was Diana was about to go into surgery. She was a couple days before surgery and now cut a week and a half. So you're exactly 10 days? Yeah, I think it's like 11. 11 days out. So you're now you're 11 days out from your mini tummy tuck lipo round two. Right. Do you did you do all the way around? Yeah. So essentially I did full back lipo. So ma- mainly my upper back and then the area right above the butt, you know, the tramp stamp area, uh-huh. as I like to refer to it and um, put some J plasma over it for that extra skin tightening effect. And the mini tummy tuck in the front. He also did some more liposuction above my belly button all the way up to the bottom of my breast. And then I had some symmetry issues with my right cheek and my right hip, which he filled in quite nicely. And you know what? (laughs) We talked about it, but I could not resist that he put a little bit more in the left one. Uh, You know what? I I'm here for it because let me tell you, I've lost those 20 pounds that I I keep talking about that. I went, I gained these 20 pounds and then I lost them. And uh, whenever I did my second surgery, so I had, I did in my first surgery, I did tummy tuck lipo 360 BBL. And in my second surgery, I did my breast. So when I did my breast, I had Dr. Andre do a second round of lipo more for shaping. Yeah. So at that time, I was still, you know, the 20 pounds that overweight that I didn't want. You know, I wasn't yeah. at the size that I wanted. So at that point, I told her, do not put any more in my butt. Like my butt is already huge. Like I just just work on my waist and my breast and that's it. Go ahead and throw that gold away. <laughs> I <laughs> now that I've lost the 20 pounds, I'm like, where did my big old butt go? God, oh, no. I miss it. <laughs> Yeah, man, I have to say I am literally obsessed with everything that I'm looking at in the mirror. And he like I knew from jump. So, you know, before I started my plastic surgery journey, my BMI was 35.1. And I knew from the beginning that, you know, this is a two round body, really like it's. And yes, he exceeded all expectations when he gave me my round one because of like how much fat he was able to safely remove from my midsection. But, you know, I, I was still not confident enough to be just naked, if you will. So this time around is at, like I look in the mirror and I'm like, how is this actually like, is this actually me? Is oh, this, my like, gosh. That makes me so excited like, for you. Like, so insane. And I remember when I woke up from surgery. Dr. Azizi actually came to see me like within a few minutes of me waking up. And I remember I felt good when I woke up, but my butt was hurting and I was laying on my left side because remember the left hip is the only thing that we did not touch. So that actually allows me to have essentially two sleeping positions, which is really, it helps because that part is really hard. When I woke up and I, I don't know if I grabbed his hand or he grabbed mine, 
but I held his hand and he told me, he told me, he gave me some butt cleavage and I literally fainted on the inside out of excitement. I was like, hold up. <laughs> you said what? <laughs> you said butt cleavage. Oh my God, that sounds so amazing. I cannot wait to see this butt cleavage that you gave me. Like it's that, you know, the type of surgeon, like I didn't even ask him for it, but he knows at this point, he knows my aesthetic because we've spent quite a bit of time, you know, conversing and having conversations about you know what what my ideal body type is and everything like he truly gets me at this point so you know the fact that he just said okay you know what i'm gonna go ahead and make this executive decision and give her this butt cleavage you know although she never even asked for it she probably doesn't even know what it is like i just love that he did that like that to me is excellence yes i love it he's not just giving me you know the basic job description he's going above and beyond so, and that's what you get when you like when you build a relationship with your surgeon and you trust them. He knows yes. what you're looking yes. for and you trust that he can give it to you. Yes. And, and he did. He over delivered. Oh, my so God. I'm, you're I'm, you I'm have to send me pictures. You have to send I know, us pictures. I, I will. I took a few more this morning. <laughs> yes. OK, so <laughs> we know your body is banging. Now tell us about the recovery. How has your recovery been this second time around compared to the first time around? What do you feel our listeners should know about a second time around or even just recovery period? Tell us about it. So the two things that that round one and round two recovery have in common for me is that you're going to be really swollen and stiff in the beginning, which makes it harder for you to push yourself out of the bed and also kind of get in the bed. Getting in the bed and getting out of the bed is really, really tough. And the second thing that's equally as hard and, you know, amongst the only two really, really hard things of recovery, in my opinion, is just not being able to sit on your butt, you know? Yeah, that does suck. suck. (laughs) Like, it just sucks. And I have to say, this time around, my recovery was so much better. So much better. I don't know if it's because... You know, we took about half as much fat out this time than we did the first time. And I have to say the tummy tuck, I feel nothing down there. Like it's completely numb. I feel no pain. You know what? I was actually able to stand straight right away. I told you, I I remember I told you, you might be one of those that can stand up straight right away. And look at you, you were. Yeah. So that part was definitely nice. I mean, I, I feel like the first maybe three days, I may have walked at maybe like a five to 10 degree angle, like something very minimal. But especially like after getting up at first, like I would have to like ease my way into a fully straight position, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But like if I stood for a while or if I walked around for a a while, I would notice myself walking straighter and straighter. So that was definitely a big relief for my back. I fully anticipated day two to feel like I got hit by a truck because that's how my first round was. But it wasn't that way at all. Like I felt, I felt really good. Yes. Again, aside, aside from having to get out of bed multiple times because you know you're gonna have to pee a lot because your body is flushing out all of the the fluids that are now inside of your body through the lymphatic system. So you're gonna have to pee a lot, which you know it's annoying. You have to get up a lot. That part is hard, but it gets easier and easier. Like the first three to four days, I was probably the stiffest. And after that, it, it became much, much easier for me to get out of bed. At this point, now we're, what, 11 days? I push myself out of the bed and I'm up. Like, literally, uh, just as long as it took me to say it, that's how long it takes me to get up. Yay. So that's, yeah. That's awesome. But, and then, 
it's a big saving grace for me that I can lay on my left side. So I lay on my left side a lot. I've started sleeping now on my stomach as well. I actually yesterday for the first time I tried to sit on my butt on a very soft mattress, but the more of my weight that I put on my butt, the more it felt uncomfortable. So I quickly got up. Yeah. If so, it feels uncomfortable, don't do it. Yeah. Right. And my surgeon's instructions are very clear, like three weeks of no sitting at all. So I am, I am following those instructions, but I was just curious, you know? So as we speak, I am on my knees and elbows <laughs> recording this episode. <laughs> can you send, can you take a picture and send it to me? I want to post yes, that. <laughs> yes, actually, because I am right next to a mirror. So I'm doing that right now. <laughs> Because you guys, it takes dedication. This is a this is an effort. This is not just, you know, one and done, quick, you're in and out over. There's there's a there's some follow-up work along with it, recovery, taking care of yourself with your diet and your exercising. How are how are you on your medication? So now you're eleven days out. What meds are you still taking? Oh, see, that's a very good question. So I was prescribed the antibiotics, which are supposed to prevent any infections from happening, which is super, super important. And you have to take that all the way to the end. So I had essentially one week worth of those. So I'm, I'm done with those as of Friday last week. Perfect. I took every single one. Uh, I think it was morning and evening around the same time every morning, around the same time every evening. Antibiotics, you got to be very like, you, you have to do that the right way. So you I have to take them. I yes. And then I also got Percocets. I took it the first day after surgery. I think I took two. And then at night in the evening, I took another one. The only reason I was taking them at that point was just, you know, just in case there's some kind of pain that I'm not feeling yet. So let me get ahead of it and take these pain meds. But at night, I'm pretty sure I took it on a somewhat empty stomach and Percocet and empty stomach just doesn't go well. And I found myself throwing up. So starting the day after surgery, I no longer took the Percocets. And I was kind of like listening to my body and I was like, okay, I'm not really feeling any pain, but let me go ahead and switch over to this extra strength Tylenol. So it's like, I think it's 500, what milligrams? I don't even know. Mm -hmm. 500 but, milligrams. But yeah, yes, 500 milligram extra strength. So I only took one. And pretty sure I stopped after the third day after surgery because I was like, why am I taking this? And speaking of the third day, I felt so good on day three that I put on full face makeup and started dancing to yes. know, music that I really like. So that's how good I felt. But and I have to say, like, you know, putting on makeup, if, if you're someone who likes makeup and you're in your recovery, it's so much fun to like it really lifts your mood to like put some makeup on, listen, listen to some music, do some online shopping, you know, try maybe go on YouTube and watch some makeup tutorials and try some new looks, which by the way, I've done a few of those and I'm like loving it. Yes. So, you know, just like little, find, little things. You have to just find things to do around the house. I know yeah. it can get a little stir crazy. It, it feels almost like, you know, when you have a baby and you can't really leave the house yeah. for like a prison. Yeah, it feels like a prison because you're like, I can't really go anywhere. I can't do anything. Yes. I can't drive. I can't. So you just have to find things to do around the house, yep. like watching YouTube videos, doing some online shopping. But you guys, let me tell y'all, <laughs> after I had my surgery, I don't remember very much after because pain medication is very strong for my for me. Like it, it t doesn't affect on me. I don't like to take it very much, but I'll take it if I have to for surgery. Yeah. So I don't remember very much, but maybe like 
a week after surgery, I'm still at home recovering and I, I start getting packages. And then I realized, oh my God, I was online ordering while I was under meds. And I I got like four or five packages of clothes, just boxes and boxes. I was like, oh my God. It all looked good though. <laughs> oh my, did it end up fitting though? Because it's like so hard to clothe your body. I like just went, I went small. Like. I was like, I don't care. I will fit into <laughs> it. I went, let's size. get get the small, get the small, get the small. Well, small, medium. That's my size. I'm a medium. I'm I go between smalls and mediums. So it's like I'm gonna get it. It all looks good. (laughs) (laughs) I'm medium large, especially that donk that I now have. I know, girl. Did you get my picture just now? Let me me look at this picture. You guys, I'm gonna post this along with our episode. No, don't. Oh my god, I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Yeah, in my little pants. But so yeah. is that that's how you're sleeping for now? Well, Are no, you sleeping? Um, oh, you're sleeping on your side. Yeah, no, I'm sleeping on my side and I sleep on my stomach. So like at some point when I get sick of being on my side, I just ever so slowly roll over, sloth like turn over and then I'm on my stomach. And I have this like super, super teeny tiny pillow that used to actually be my son's baby pillow. And that's what I use when I lay on my stomach so that it doesn't, you know, put too much pressure on my neck or or my back, you know, like a bigger pillow under your head right. that would just be right. really uncomfortable. So I find that like laying flat is is really the most comfortable way when you're on your stomach. Definitely. You know, I think I want you guys to remember that Diana had a mini tummy tuck, meaning she had no muscle repair and it was just from her belly button down. So that's why she's able to yes. at 11 days roll over and lay on her tummy because she didn't have the that deep abdominal work that yes. prevents you from sleeping on your stomach. You won't if it was a full tummy tuck, you're sleeping on your back for at least a month minimum. I'm talking I mean at minimum and you would have to get permission from your doctor to start, you know, laying flat on your stomach. But at least for the first six to eight weeks, you're not laying on your tummy when you have a full tummy tuck. Yeah. So that's the difference. Mm -hmm. That's the difference. So minis a lot quicker recovery. And remember, I've talked about this in previous episodes. Like Diana was a special case for her. She was the perfect patient for a mini tummy tuck. And not all patients are. Some patients might want a mini tummy tuck, but really they need a full and don't right. ever stray, don't ever be afraid to go with the fool if you have to. Yeah. So, you know, just make sure you find the right surgeon and you like how their work looks in regards to their belly buttons and, you know, the, the scar and the scar placement and everything. And speaking of which, when Dr. Azizi was marking me up the morning of my surgery, you know, I gave him in a way I gave him some direction. And, you know, when it comes to the things that I care about looks wise. But then everything else, essentially, I, I let him, you know, do the chef's choice, if you will. So what I asked him for was I want the scar to be as low as possible. And I want it to be like kind of straight, but like a, like a slight smile, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of like a, a how do I describe it? Just a slight, slight, slight curve. Yeah, just a very, yeah, a very light curve. And I told him I really care about symmetry so that, you know, like that it looks even on each side of the belly button. And that's, that's it. Everything else, that's for him to do. And he did. He over delivered yet again. And mind you, I forgot to add, he even gave me some light 
ab etching. Oh, <laughs> I cannot I wait cannot, to see it. Girl, I cannot wait to see it. Can I just tell you? And I remember when I first took my file off for the very, very, very first time. And like my first reaction, remember last time I asked you what was your first reaction when you when you saw the scar? So I was actually being really like, like paying attention to how I would react to it. And when I took my file off, I think that was actually the first or the second day, like the day of or the day after the surgery. I don't remember, but I took my file off and it was definitely like, whoa, there's a scar there. Mm-hmm. And mind you. I have zero scars on my body. Like the the scars that I do have on my body are all about a quarter inch in length at the very most. So this is for the first time a more substantial scar. And yes, you're going to be like, you, you know, you're going to be a little shocked to see that on your body all of a sudden. So, you know, that first day was like, whoa. And then obviously like it's purple and everything, bruising around it, some swelling. And then my, my vagina was, you know, is, has been lifted up, which, by the way, I love yes. it. <laughs> I love it so much. Like, I can't wait to wear pants without like a massive camel toe showing. But yeah, so after that first initial shock of like, whoa, I have a scar there now. The more I see it, the more I'm like, oh, my God, this thing looks really good. Like at the end of the day, I was shocked because, you know, this is the first time I'm seeing a big scar like that on my body. But at the same time, I was like, you know what? He definitely understood the assignment because yes. this thing is, is even. <laughs> it is a slight curve and it is as low as possible. So he did those three things that I told him that I care about the most. He delivered on those. That makes me so excited for you, Diana. How have you felt during your massages? I have not started my massages yet. I'm going to wait until my first one is scheduled on the 31st. Dr. Azizi mentioned that for tummy tuck patients, he wants like about a three week, no massage, you know, window. And then after that, I can start getting massages. So I've been self-massaging my back, you know, where the lipo happened with the J plasma. So that helps me, feels good. I'm nowhere near as swollen as I was the first time. And I do have drains. I had two the first week and now I'm left with one that we're going to pull out in about a week and a half. Okay. You have drains from your tummy. Yes. Good. Yes. How much are you draining now at 11 days? It's about roughly 100 cc per day. So it's really not that much. But what I've learned is you you don't like the best time to remove your surgical drain is when your output is at 25 cc or below per day. Yeah. So So we're kind of waiting for that to happen. Usually, and it's very common for them to take out one drain and leave the other one in because you know some drainage will still happen, but you don't need to have both drains anymore. So they'll leave one in. And once that one gets below 25 in a 24 hour period for two days in a row, then you're good. You can take it out. Yeah. And I think y'all know I'm team drains. So leave it in as long as it needs to be in. I literally... My bed or anywhere that I was laying, and we have a lot of like light color furniture in our house, there's not a singular drop of anything anywhere. And I love it because I'm like the most anal person. I hate everything that's wet and gross. And th- these drains are, they're, you know, they're perfect for me. <laughs> yeah, because so, it's no mess. Also, exactly. It's no mess. But then mess is one thing. And, you know, we can kind of deal with mess, right? It's an easy problem to fix. Another thing 
And the main reason for these drains is the fact that they prevent things like seromas and other issues. Like we don't want those. That's significantly worse than, you know, a couple of stains on a bed or on a mattress somewhere. But yeah, so I'm again, just like the first round so far, let me find some wood to knock on. There have been zero complications and zero things that look suspicious or, you know, yeah, no infections, no fainting no no none of that beautiful let me tell you guys a little bit about the non-drain so there i know there's surgeons who do drainless tummy tucks but just because they do it doesn't mean that they don't have a high rate of seromas so the trade-off is do you want to deal with the seroma and for some women i've seen on boards and on facebook Dealing with the seroma is less of an issue to them than dealing with a drain. But the drain is only there, for, you know, max two, de- max two weeks. Like you're yeah. not having it for, you know, three, four, unless you need to, which is then good thing it's there. Yeah. But seromas, once you start dealing with the seroma and you're having to get it drained, coming again get it drained come in again get it drained like eventually they'll stop forming or they'll encapsulate which then you might need surgery so to me it's not a even trade-off like yeah. i'd rather have the drain deal with it it's a pain in the butt for the first you know few weeks but at least you take it out and it's over versus if you do a drainless you could end up with no no seroma no issues your body might absorb the fluid perfectly and that's could happen. But there's also the possibility of having seromas, you know, over and over and over again. Right. And yeah. if you guys hear any like knocking or wood knocking, it's y'all know the, the dog. Hur- no, y'all know the hurricane knocked down. The hur- it went right over my house. This hurricane down here in Houston went right over my house. So it knocked down our fence. It caused all these issues in the garage and the detached garage. So they're working on it right now and I can hear the hammer. <laughs> oh, that's what that is. I thought it was your dog panting or scratching. <laughs> oh, no, they're working it's, it's on very the quiet. Yeah, they're working on and they're working on the house. And I'm like, you guys, can y'all keep it down for just like 20 minutes? And I can I think at the They be- never can. They never can. They no. never can. I think at the beginning when we started, they were <laughs> they were low, but now I'm like full blown. I can hear it. Oh, no. Well, it's very quiet on my end. Okay, well, that's good. That makes me feel better. But anyway, back to back to the subject. So it's better to have drains. In my opinion, it's better to have drains than not. So and you guys, I agree. Tell us about how do you carry around with your drain? I think a lot of people are afraid or they think it's this very like intense thing. And really, you just clip Mm -hmm. it on. Yeah, literally. It's literally it's literally just that. Like I have my drain attached to a little safety pin and it's pinned to my right side. And it's for me personally, it's on the right side because I lay on my left side. It's constantly out of my way. I don't carry it around. It's just hanging there. It's not bothering me at all. Even when I had two of them, you know, I mean, like when you take your faha off to go to the bathroom, sure, you need to make sure that they're not like hanging down or something. But all those things are so easy. Like you'll figure it out so quickly. Obviously, the, the only thing really is you, you want to avoid yanking it out on accident. But it's, like you, you really got to do like the most to yank it out. So um, really do because they're anchored yeah, in. That's yeah, another I, thing. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be worried about that too much. And then, like I said, for showering so that you don't have to hold them so you can use your hands to actually clean your body just 
put something, hang something like a, something made of fabric around your neck, a lanyard, or made of plastic, a scarf. like a lanyard, or you a could thong. use a scarf or a thong. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so I I'm still using my thong method that I told you about last time, but yeah, I have a thong hanging around my neck, and and I just hang the drain on the thong, and then I'm I take my shower. It's it's really not a big deal. It's really, it really not a big deal. I think Dr. Azizi and I touched on it in this last episode about analysis paralysis, which means you get so overwhelmed with all of these things that you're learning and you're thinking that all of these things are going to happen to you, that all of these things could happen. And you get stuck in this like, oh, I don't know if I want to do it because of this, because of that. And I need, you know, a hundred items on this supply list. Oh, my God. No. And it's not like that at all, you guys. It really isn't. It really isn't. Yeah, really. I'm trying to think what are the things I needed the most. My phones, for sure. Obviously, the, the Faha. I am in my stage one still, but I snatched it. So now it's extra tight. And I'm still wearing my foams like on my lower abdomen underneath. Then I have this little cup that is essentially a urinal, but I got that one for free at the hospital. So it's, it's been great. I don't know why I haven't thought of that for my first round. Cause I remember for my first round, I would try to like sit on the toilet ever so carefully every time I had to pee. And I did try the little, you know, I call it the purple penis. It's like a little purple skinny urinal that you can, You've probably seen them on Amazon or on like, you know, I I had that one for my first round. And can I just tell you that I peed myself every single time using it. So this time, and that's why after using it that first round, I started just to sit on the toilet. This time, I'm just using this cup and, you know, standing up and it's just, it's fabulous. Like I don't have to sit down. It's quick. I rinse it out and then I go about my business. It's this Is it the one that they put on the inside of the toilet in the hospitals? Is that the one you're talking about? Or it looks it looks like a measuring cup, but it's like it's a triangle, but it's definitely big enough to cover your entire vagina if you like, you know, put it there as a urinal, if that makes sense. Oh, okay. Maybe you can find them on Amazon and put it on your list. I already did. I found something similar and I added it to my Amazon shopping list under useful post-op supplies. Yes. Like a whole category there. <laughs> things that actually matter. And let's see what else. I think that's it. Like literally foams, my Faha, which my surgeon provided. And I still have my stage one from my last round. So I'm able to switch them. You know, every day I, I put, put on a freshly washed one. And I totally wash them in the washing machine and put them in the dryer. I just make sure that I wash them in a laundry bag because you want to protect the hooks. Otherwise, you could really, really mess up your hooks in the washing machine. What else? That's pretty much it. Like those are literally the only things I really needed. You really don't need very much. I know the only thing that I would add is some four by four gauze. You can cut a little slit in it and you put it around your incision where the drain is coming out in case anything seeps out and just so to prevent your faha from rubbing on it. And that's really it. I forgot you reminded me. Actually, I had some gauze that was given to me from the hospital. So I did use that. And I also, once I ran out of the gauze, I just used period pads. Yeah, you can use pads too. Yeah, literally just covered the incision with the drains that were sticking out of it. Then I put my inside out tank top over it and the tank top kind of held those pads in place. 
Then I put my stage one on top and before fully hooking it, I would slide in all the foams over my stomach and, and then I would fully hook it and then I would be done. Perfect. And then you're in yeah. it for a few hours. Yeah. Right. Right. So, the only time, the only time I have to take it off is for number two and for taking showers, which is once a day. And, and number two, number two is sadly not once a day, but we, I mean, we can talk about that. Oh yeah. Let's <laughs> talk about how are you, are you having any constipation with your pain medication or so, just re- in general? Remember I said, I, I essentially only took the Percocet the day of surgery. So I really think that Percocet impact your ability to go to the bathroom number two after surgery. So I was actually able to be, I started going number two the, the second day after surgery. And it, it's, it's been like, it's, it's crazy. Like when it comes, it comes and you, you, you better hurry the F up. So. <laughs> <laughs> Which sucks when you're in your faha. It, it does. It does. And remember how I said I have all these pads and foams in here? Yes. Yeah, so that definitely, you know, takes some work. But that's why I have two stage ones that I can rotate in. Luckily, I haven't had a, a number two accident this time around. I did the first time. Not going to lie. But, you know, it's OK. It happens to the best of us. It happens. But yeah, it so. happens even even if we tell you because we usually in the office, the offices that I've worked, we always tell our patients to get on a stool softener. You might have issues with constipation. And, it, you know, it's at that pre-op appointment. It goes in through one ear and it goes out the other because you're just worried about how is how are you going to look? Right. Uh, you know, so you forget and it's easy. I mean, I myself am the worst patient. Y'all oh, can, yeah. Anybody right. who's worked on me knows I'm the worst patient. Because <laughs> <laughs> sure. I'm, I'm like, I don't need that. I don't need this. I, yeah, don't need this. I can do it. I can go back to work at four days. I'm fine. I'm done. I, know, I don't right? need pain medication. Yeah, I, I, I find myself being that patient this time. But at the same time, there's some things that Dr. Azizi gave me as instructions. I follow them to a T and, and it's a non-negotiable for me. Good but then job. Where I'm like, you know what? Let me go ahead and bend the rules a little bit here and there. <laughs> But yeah, so the number two thing, I think, so I really try to avoid putting chemicals in my body if I can. So what I did was the two weeks leading up to surgery, I was drinking these little Activia yogurt probiotic drinks. Every day I had one little milk drink of those. And I really think that made a big difference. And I still drink those every day right now. I'm pretty sure that has a lot to do with how easy it was for me to start going to the bathroom again. And then also I do incorporate a lot of fiber rich foods in my diet. Like I love tomatoes and salads and things like that. So that really helps as well. Awesome. You know, we have this theory or actually it's not a theory. It's proven when you're on antibiotics, you need, it's almost like everybody has to get on a a probiotic yogurt for before surgery and after surgery because you're on an antibiotic. So that's killing all the good and bad bacteria in your stomach. Mm -hmm. And, you know, our immune system, everything is in our stomach. Everything that everything that's important is in our stomach. So you need to we need to get on a probiotic before and during your recovery and actually stay on it for as long as you can on a probiotic yogurt or my son likes to drink the yogurt. Yes, I know. I know. Yep. He loves those. We keep these. We keep those in the house. Everybody's daily taking those uh, probiotics. Yeah, they're yummy. 
And Dr. Andrea actually came back from, this was a couple of years ago. She came back from a female plastic surgeon meeting in Las Vegas. And she told, came to the office and told us, you know, we need to tell all of our patients to get on a probiotic yogurt regimen because we think that it might be, I might be botching what she said because I really don't remember it that clearly. But I remember that it had something to do with the stuff that they clean our body with before surgery is also killing, you know, good and bad bacteria on our skin, Mm. which could also be resulting in why a lot of patients are having skin sensitivities after surgery. So Mm. getting on a good probiotic yogurt is perfect. Idea. Everybody needs to do it during your recovery. Totally. Put that on your supply list. (laughs) Sure. Every grocery store should have those. Every grocery store, get yourself on a good probiotic regimen just from here forward. No matter if you're in surgery or not, just get yourself on a good regimen. But yogurts, absolutely. And it's so easy. Like, you know, if you're thinking post-op diets, it's easier to like ease into like more harsher foods. And yogurts are a great way to do that. Like those first few days, yogurts, protein shakes, little milk drinks. And, you know, the probiotic options definitely come in a lot of versions for, you know, in for yogurts. I just totally watched that whole sentence. I just remembered something. (laughs) Let me tell y'all, when you have a full tummy tuck, I had a full tummy tuck. I had abdominal repair. All Like my muscles were repaired all the way up. And it is hard to eat after because you're tight. Now your stomach is like tight in there with your tummy tuck and you're mm. wearing a faja and you like you can't really sit right. So you're sitting at different angles and you're it's hard to get a was- good meal or a good full, like to feel full because you almost can't like it's, it's too tight. You can't. So yogurts, soups, soft, maybe protein shakes initially are crucial because I know myself and from patients that I've, you know, had through the years, they just decide I can't eat. (laughs) I'm just, I'm not hungry. I'm not hungry or I can't eat. I feel too full. And what happens is they end up not eating. They're literally not eating and they're just maybe drinking a little bit of water. And what happens is you start having wound complications because you're not eating. Your body doesn't have what it needs to heal your incisions. And this, this happens a lot with massive weight loss patients who already have maybe a gastric sleeve or maybe they have lap band or they already have something and there's something that's restricting how much they can eat and how they eat. And then they have a tummy tuck and they're like, really, they can't eat. And especially those patients, they have, they're more prone to wound complications. Their incisions will break down and open and you'll have to go back to surgery. So it's very, very important, you guys, to eat after surgery. I know you don't want to. I know it probably feels yucky and your stomach hurts or, you know, you don't want to go poop. This, this is all together. You don't want to go to the restroom or you don't want to drink too much water because then you're going to have to go to the bathroom. Right. And all of these things. I mean, I've heard it a hundred times. I don't want to eat. I'm full. I can't eat. I don't want to go to the bathroom. I don't want to take my faha off. Nobody's around to help me take my faha on and off if I have to go poop during the day. So I just won't eat. This, these are things I've really been told. <laughs> that was me the first round. I could not. I had zero 
like like negative 1000 appetite the first four days. I did not want to eat anything. I did drink my, I had these unsure protein shakes. So that's, I, you know, I forced myself to drink those. But other than that, I had absolutely no appetite. But I also think that's why for my first round, I couldn't have, I didn't have a bowel movement until I think it was four or five days post-op. And when I did, it was like literally giving birth to, I don't know what, it was so hard. That first time was so hard. It took me a whole like 45 minutes. It was, it was awful. Yeah, I know. My body had nothing to, you know, there were no nutrients in it. And this time around, I was like, okay, let me go ahead and learn from my first mistakes. This time around, I ate, you know, I made sure, like I said earlier to eat fiber rich foods and I was prepping with the probiotics and I did not have this issue this time. And now you you feel good. Yeah. This time when I go number two, it takes no more than like, I don't know, two, three minutes, like, and it's done. Yeah. It takes significantly longer to put my faha back on. (laughs) So, and, and speaking of putting the faha back on, I, I know people are saying like, you need help and whatnot. You really don't like you. I promise you, if you have no help, you can figure it out because I I've been putting on my faha by myself. Yes, it's going to take longer, but just move slow. It's OK. What's the rush? What's the rush? You ha- you can't leave the house anyway. <laughs> right. Where are you going? <laughs> Where are you, you going? going <laughs> exactly. So take your time. It's OK. I promise you, you can do this. It's you guys don't be afraid of the recovery. I, I, I mean, it's. It is intense. It is. And this is uh, Diana's recovery is a little light compared to, you know, a big full mommy makeover, tummy tuck, liposuction, breast lift. She had liposuction and a mini tummy tuck. So we avoided that muscle repair, which is pooping pooping after a muscle repair is like tears. Tears. And this is even more so why you need to be prepping for a surgery like that with probiotics, because then it's going to be so much easier. It, the poop is literally going to fall out. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so yes. make sure you prepare yourself with the right nutrition and, and probiotics so that you don't have to, you know, strain and push really hard. And you know what I did notice? And I did not have a, a, you know, like I said, we didn't have the muscle repair and and whatnot for me. But when I sneeze, girl, (laughs) that is, uh, oof. I don't even know how to describe it. It's like a burning sensation. It, It almost feels like I'm like ripping open in the middle for like a few seconds and then it goes away. But yeah, sneezing is no joke. Sneezing. Yes. Sneezing, laughing, coughing. Yeah. Like, you know, like the laughing and the coughing, I can still kind of like control. Because you can hug a pillow. Yeah. The sneeze just comes on. (laughs) So try to not be around pepper if you have allergies. (laughs) Avoid whatever that causes those allergies. Like, like stay away from anything that will make you sneeze until like at least a week post-op. It appears that it took about a week for my scar to fully close. That that sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I remember the name of the tape that I was telling you guys the last time. Remember, oh, yeah. we talked about the tape that goes on the incision that you leave on for up to six weeks. And it's like a silicone. It's he- it's like a steri strip, but it's like on steroids. It's called yeah. Prinio, Prinio tape. Mm. That's the- and this is this for like, is this what the surgeons this is apply? what the surgeons apply once they're 
done they've closed and then they put a little perineo tape over the incision and it helps put apply pressure at the same time as it's close i mean it's holding it closed and the way we the practices where i've worked we let the patient as the strip starts to come off you cut it you cut because it'll come off at the ends it'll start to roll and you just as it's rolling you don't pull on it it comes off on its own because it's coming off with the scab that would mm. that's underneath it. So you just roll it, cut, roll it, cut until it comes off all on its own or your surgeon will be like it's time to cut it off and or take it off and they'll peel it off and underneath is your beautiful scar. Mm. Yeah, I'm still waiting on that. I'm I'm starting to see some peeling. However, I don't have I don't have the tape. And if you remember when you were speaking with Dr. Azizi, I actually heard him mention that on his on his podcast episode, he uses surgical glue. Yes, he so, does use surgical glue. Yeah. So I'm actually I like it. There is no tape there. It's just this like purple, it looks a little purpley, like strip of glue that's all over the scar and it's like slowly but surely beginning to peel off as well he told me that it's probably going to take about up to four weeks for it to peel off and obviously not to pick at it which i'm not i i refuse to risk you know it healing nicely just you know for the satisfaction of peeling it off i'm not going to do that so yeah and it's, it's really nice and clean and he did mention something about tape can occasionally leave some blisters i know for a fact that is true when we're talking about the tape method, because your skin is just really sensitive. But, you know, the tape that we use for the tape method is significantly different from the surgical tape. But at the same time, if applied incorrectly, it can absolutely leave some blistering. So it appears that with surgical glue, we're avoiding that. I have to say I have a good experience with the surgical glue situation. It's not bothering me. That's good. It's perfect. It Really, it's just something to, you know, kind of a barrier. Yeah. And it's just holding it all together. And every surgeon has their different way they do things. And that's perfectly fine. It's just, if you remember from his episode, do you like a Ferrari or a BMW? (laughs) (laughs) I got messages to my DMs. They were like, I really love the Ferrari analogy from Dr. Azizi. They love it. They're like, it's so true. It's just, what kind of car do you like? And that's really what it is when I'm telling you guys that, we have to match you with the right surgeon or find you the right surgeon because they're all different. They have different ways they do things and they can like, for example, I used to tell this, this to patients when we would talk about breast augmentations. So breast augmentations, I mean, it's hard to do a bad breast dog. I mean, it's you have to try probably to do a (laughs) bad job. So for breast augmentations, you can go, you know, to a board certified plastic surgeon and probably you're going to have a a great, a great result. Tummy tucks and lipo and BBL are different. Oh, yeah. They're very easy to mess up. They're very, you know. So when one of those questions you should be asking your surgeon during your consultation is how many of these do you do? Like, for example, you wouldn't go see somebody who does facelifts every day. To do your liposuction BBL, you would want to be seeing somebody who does liposuction BBL every day, multiple times a week. That way, you know, you're getting, you know, a good result. Look at Dr. Azizi with Diana, right? She didn't even have to ask. He already knew what she wanted. And that's on building a good 
relationship and repertoire with your surgeon. Absolutely. And in addition to that, I knew like when I was back in my research stage of like, what surgeon do I want to go with? Because that's such a big and important decision. So I would look at, you know, their pictures and their before and after pictures and their work and and look at what is their aesthetic? What is their eye? Like, is it, does it align with what my aesthetic is? And everyone has a different aesthetic and you just have to find a surgeon that has your aesthetic because that will significantly increase the chances of you being super happy with your results. And that's why I went into the second surgery Again, with the same surgeon, not nervous. Like I was so excited because I knew I'm in the best hands and he's going to get me right. So it's important. And he and did. I, he did. <laughs> and, and I really love <laughs> all the metaphors he was using. And speaking of metaphors, you don't want to eat sushi at a pizza restaurant. So that's like the same thing. So for me, it was also important when I asked him, like, what is like his favorite surgery? he pretty much immediately said BBL is like one of his absolute favorite things to do. And I was like, yes, that's perfect. That means, you know, we're on the same page here. So that's awesome. Did you experience this time around or the last time any post-op depression? I didn't experience the last time and I didn't experience it this time. I did, however, have a day where I was crying. I don't know if you saw there's this new show on Netflix called Made. And I binge watched the entire girl. You need to watch it. I binge watched the entire 10 episodes and I was crying because of it. But other than that, I don't think I think that had nothing to do with my surgery. That was Um, just that was just an extra day. Yeah, it was very emotional to watch that TV show. By the way, I highly recommend. But yes, remember Mercury was in reverse or something like that. Oh, yeah, right. You did say that. (laughs) Yeah. So that might have been that same day that I was crying because this girl right here doesn't usually cry. But yeah. So again, like I look in the mirror and I'm like, okay, I can see all the swelling. I have this big old new purple scar going across my midsection and all these other things. But in my head, I am focused on the end result. And I am super, super excited because of that focus in my head. So I'm not trying to, you know, I'm intentionally directing my thoughts and my emotions to what's to come versus the annoyances that I'm dealing with today. Because whatever I'm dealing with today is temporary. It's not forever. The drain is not going to be sticking out of my stomach forever. I'm not going to have swelling forever. I'm not going to have a hard butt forever, you know? So definitely all that, all that it's temporary is is keeping me happy. I'm so happy. I'm so glad y'all are hearing this from Diana, who's experiencing it like in real time, because I've experienced this with with many patients who they're just so excited for the end result that they they don't like this is all temporary. Yeah. But I've also had patients who I feel sometimes maybe rush into a surgery and aren't really fully aware of the recovery that is coming. Yes. Yes. And they... I feel like maybe they are the ones who struggle with more of the post-op depression, but I don't know. I'm trying to find an expert on the subject because I think that makes sense. Yeah. I want to bring somebody on the show who can talk with us about post-op depression and really Mm -hmm. like deep dive into it. If y'all have any recommendations of somebody who you think, you know, would be really good to talk to, but I've reached out to a surgeon that I'm hopeful 
because I've seen some of her articles on the subject that I'm like, I really yeah. want, I really, I want her to come on, but she hasn't answered my DMs. I shot my shot, but she hasn't answered my DMs. <laughs> Man, all, all we can do is knock on the door. Might have to knock on it one more time. You're right. I might have to knock on it one more time because, you know, these plastic surgeons are busy. They are. They are. But I mean, it is a great platform, though, to to educate others on, on this podcast. And it's so much fun. I love it. I love getting y'all's messages on Instagram telling me like, oh, I love listening to you while I'm running or I listen to you in the morning or I'm binge listening to all of your episodes and I'm learning so much. And that you guys makes me feel so good. It makes me feel so fulfilled because my goal was to bring this to you guys, bring y'all everything that I know. And for you to be able to experience, you know, the level of confidence that you get after surgery, for you to experience that happiness of looking at yourself in the mirror and just loving and being yes. so happy. And you can't even uh, explain how happy you feel. And yes, walk, walking into your closet and picking out something, knowing that it's going to look anything, good on you. Anything, Mavi. Like literally anything I now, and I cannot wait now that I have zero back boobs, <laughs> I am ordering the most sluttiest tops that have the entire back out and I cannot wait to wear it. I don't know where I'm going to wear it to because, you know, at the end of the day, I'm a wife and a mom. So I got to, you know, I have to like, girl, I dress up around the house. I now, now that I'm, I'm, you know, we run our businesses out of our homes. So I I was looking at some of my pictures. I'm like, I wonder if my boyfriend comes home and is like, what are you wearing? Where are you going? Wearing clothes in the house. (laughs) Don't worry about it. You know what? Just enjoy the view. Enjoy the view. And you should be happy. (laughs) (laughs) Where are you going? Nowhere. I'm just glad for here. For myself. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So it makes me happy that I'm able to, you know, bring this to you guys. And I want to start. Diana, if you can help me with this, I want to do maybe a hottie of the week highlight of somebody who has had surgery who, you know, I've talked about it on previous episodes, Diana and I have talked about it too, about how this after your surgery, you get this boost. It's like this fire in your glow up. Yeah, it's like this glow up. And then you feel more brave. You feel more confident confident yeah and unstoppable like the best version of yourself is coming out of you and nothing is stopping it nothing nothing so i know there's been women who have had surgery and then have had changed their life completely yes if you are one of them send me a message (laughs) (laughs) yeah i know diana you that's why we've talked about it because i'm like this happened you know you had this surgery you needed something for your recovery and you created something out of it. Yeah. And that's what happened for you. For me, I had surgery. I out of necessity had to leave my patient coordinator position, but I still love the industry. And I, you know, I've had all of this knowledge in my brain that I'm like, what am I going to do with this in the real world? Like, I don't, I can't use it out here. And my priority was to be able to spend more time with my kids and be able to still build relationships with women and help them through their journey. And I created this podcast and I know there's many, many, many women out there who have similar stories. And I want to do a hottie of the week 
highlight. That's a good idea. (laughs) Now and then, like, include a little bit of their story. Yeah, include their story. Like, how how did plastic surgery change your life? Tell me. I want to know how did it change your life because it changed mine. It changed Diana's, and it's it's changed so many women that I know personally. So I'm like, I want to know. Tell me your story. Let's highlight you. Let's send me your best glam you know after surgery you feel like a fox goddess goddess <laughs> send me those pictures along with your story and i'm going to do a hottie of the week i'm excited that is a brilliant idea i really like that show some positivity and share some success stories i think that's that's wonderful i can't wait to start seeing that yeah i'm i'm excited so if you are listening and it's something that you're you're like, that's me. That happened to me. I did that. Send me a message on Instagram or on my website. Send me your information, your story, your phone number. I'll call you. We can chat it up and then we'll do a reveal. Yes. I'm excited. Okay. So lastly, before we let Diana go, Diana, I sent you some bruise juice. I wish I had had it in your hands before your surgery, but for reasons out of my control, I could not. (laughs) I could not. So now it's on its way to you. And so any bruising anywhere that you have in bruising, swelling, that's not close to any incisions. So you wouldn't put it anywhere where you have your tummy tuck incision or on your lipo holes. If, If they haven't closed, you wouldn't put it on there. But anywhere else, your tummy, your butt... Uh, your flanks, your anywhere, anywhere that you've had surgery that you had liposuction, you can start using it. Put it in the refrigerator for when the tingling starts. I'm, I'm starting to get a little bit of it. Like I can feel a few of the nerves beginning to think about waking up. So let me tell you all what I did. And it helped me. And I didn't really do anything extra other than I would grab some of my Arnica cream and rub it and just what you're what we're trying to do is these nerves are waking up so we're just encouraging that extra blood flow to come to that area they're waking up there you're desensitizing almost so you're just rubbing and rubbing and rubbing and rubbing instead of scratching or slapping which i know that's what y'all are doing (laughs) slapping or scratching or just taking extra pain medication because the pain medication is not really going to do anything for it What it needs is more blood flow besides pain medication, which is what sometimes they'll prescribe if it's really, really bad. There's really nothing we can do about it. The nerves, the nerves have to wake up. You want them. Yeah, they do. All the Benadryl and dry brushing in the world is not going to help you. It's not. So what we're doing is just we're bringing more blood flow to the area, increasing some circulation, do your massages with your own hands. And you can do like when you pat your fingers, kind of like patting all of your fingers all at different times to kind of bring more blood sensation, blood. sensation mm. to your skin. You're kind of, you're trying to wake them up. You're waking yeah. them up. So you're just doing a little rub. That's what helped me a lot. Cause okay. trust me, I'd be at work in my faja. And for me, the worst part that I felt it the worst was in my lower back in my flanks it felt like fire like my like fire it does for me it was on the the sides of my ribs yeah right here the first round yes 
right here on your ribs below your like where your ribs meet your waist right yes. here because they oh beat it up they do and it's it's just generally a thinner area you know it's right on top of bone so yeah so yes, it gets beat up just right there was the worst and i'd be at work in my faha where I can't even do anything about it. I'm like sitting in a consultation, you know, all in a nice dress with my phone uh. underneath. And I'm like, oh my God, this feels like fire <laughs> <laughs> on my flank. And all I could do is just rub it, just try to rub it, try to desensitize it as much as I could. And it really didn't last very long for me. I, I would say probably about two weeks of not all the time, but every once in a while where you feel it or how is it for you? For me, it wasn't all the time. I had a very little, like the, the itchiness was very little for my first round, but I felt like, you know, the, the little burning sensation on the sides. I felt that for quite a while. If you're not thinking about it, you're going to forget that it's there. Yeah. Like if you're distracted and it's, it's not like, it's not painful by any means. You know, you, you're definitely going to be able to deal with it. Like, don't let that be a, a worry of yours. Mm-hmm. It's just something that, you know, it's expected and understand that if you do have, if you feel those things, it's normal and it's part of your recovery. It's part of recovery. Everybody has it to different degrees. Some are lucky to not feel it at all, but some feel it all the time everywhere. So yeah. it just depends on where you land on the scale of your recovery for everybody's different. Yeah. There's one last thing that I do want to bring up. Remember, I texted you the other day saying that I, I almost started crying. Standing oh, in front yes. Of her. Yes. So yes. I think that was about nine days post-op. So now, obviously, more swelling has gone down. And yes, I still got tons of swelling to go. But at nine days, I was already significantly smaller than obviously day one, day two, day three. But yes, yeah, so I'm standing in front of the mirror right about to hop in the shower. And, and this is me kind of... You know, speaking to anyone who is considering a mini tummy tuck because the skin above your belly button is perfectly fine and your issue is just below the belly button. So what I'm loving about this tummy tuck is that my belly button is still my belly button. And like, I can't wait to like put a bikini over it because it's still going to look like 100% natural. Yeah. You know, if that makes any sense. So that made me so, that made me so excited that I was able to, you know, a mini tummy tuck was the appropriate surgery for me. And because of that, I still have this supernatural belly button. And so, you know, that just makes me really happy. Like it's my, it's the same belly button that my mom has. So like, Aww, the belly button just that's means so something. sweet. <laughs> and you're like, so, I couldn't get rid of it. Hey, where, how does, yeah. how does, um, lastly, before we jump off that, where are Dr. Azizi's entry points? Oh, he has, he is so amazing with that. So he uses very, very few. One of them is inside the belly button. So you're never even going to see it. Mm-hmm. The one the one for your back lipo, I have exactly one and that's it. And that one is imagine where uh, the, the cross strap of your bra is. Okay. So like literally in that on, on that area. So like roughly mid back, just one little. It looks it like hi- I, you can probably hide it with your bra or with. Oh, the- girl, easily. But even if even if I want to wear something like without a bra and backless, which, by the way, that's in my future. <laughs> Send me the pictures. <laughs> I know. Right. It literally looks like, you know, how mosquito bites look after they heal when you scratch them one too many times. Yes. That's literally what it looks like. And it's I, I already know from like my experience with my first round with him that my skin actually fades the scarring quite well. So I'm really not worried about that one poke hole on my back. 
Yeah. And, and nobody's going to be like, oh my God, she had work done. Look at that hole. Mommy, nobody's, <laughs> nobody's gonna even going to know. <laughs> nobody's going to know. So, and then the other one is at the top of my butt crack. Again, you can't see it. Like he places Beautiful. it exactly. Yes. Like you cannot see it. And then I have two more underneath each cheek, but literally in the natural crease of my butt cheek. You can't even so see it. You can't see it. And actually, he went through the same exact incision holes from the first round so that I don't have any new ones. And I'm already looking at them like literally 11 days post-op and they're already so faded. Like the two under my butt cheeks, I can hardly see them. Yes, that makes me so excited. Obviously, I have the whole, you know, the tummy tuck scar, but that's a different story. But, you know, the thing about tummy tuck scars is you're not showing your tummy the way it was before. Like yeah. either way, you weren't showing your stomach before. I mean, that's how I felt. Like I'm not like I'm freaking showing my stomach right now, this blob. Right. <laughs> but after, like after I'm just gonna show hide my scar. It's not it's Yeah, it's so easy. Because guess what? Before that, you were hiding a big old pouch. So now it's like just a little scar, but it's still super flat. So Yeah, and you can wear on, your high rise jeans. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I can actually the, where he placed my scar i could literally wear low rise i don't know if i ever will and i think my butt's too big but <laughs> i have the option if i wanted to <laughs> especially if they ever come back in style you know they're uh, coming they back in style they're coming of back in style are. now they are it's already beginning it's already Perfect. beginning it's hey already i'm ready beginning. for it <laughs> i know because the last time they were around i couldn't wear them this time watch out y'all <laughs> I was never in my entire life able to wear low rise jeans like my entire life. So it's looking like this is for the first time going to happen now. And I'm I'm ecstatic. I'm ecstatic for you. I'm I'm here for it. I want to I cannot (laughs) wait. I want to see pictures all the time. (laughs) Send you some more. Yeah. Send me some more pictures. I'm excited to see this new butt cleavage that yes. you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm waiting for that swelling to go down because you know that area loves to collect swelling and fluid. But I'm already seeing a little bit of it. He you said know. he took, he took, I think it was like a C or D cup breast implant worth of fat out of that butt cleavage area. Wow. A whole, a whole titty. <laughs> wow. A whole boob, okay? I cannot wait. Oh, girl. I bet it already, I it already, I did not know I had that much fat up there. Well, they beat it. I said, you must already look amazing. Yeah, I'm so excited. That that little area, that triangle, that's where they create the S curve. So that's that what they call the S curve. Or I think that's trademarked, so we can't really use it. But that little triangle right there is what they carve out to do the S curve. I can totally see it when I stand sideways. There's definitely an S curve there. It's beautiful. He added zero fat either round one nor round two in my upper butt. But that liposuction and that targeted area and the way that he sculpted it, oh my God. Beautiful. Like it's everything. Love it. I can't wait to see you in a full like maxi dress. (laughs) Girl, I'm already planning my outfits. (laughs) I am so ready for it. I'm so excited for you, Diana. I'm so happy you had such a good and easy recovery. Um, I feel like the the fact that you were prepared, this is round two. So you already have an idea and just being in the business now, I'm sure you've gotten a lot of knowledge just from other women who you've worked with their fajas and their tips and what they're telling you and what you're hearing from them just to make your recovery easier. 
Yeah. That's, and that's priceless, I think, because you're getting to hear from all these different women, different things. And how can you incorporate to make your recovery easier? And look that's at you, so true. 11 that's- days out and you're like, I'm ready to go. I am. <laughs> you're even working. You're even back working, right? I am. I am back working since last Friday. Good. Because these girls can't wait. They're like, no, I got to go. <laughs> they cannot. <laughs> I love it. It makes me happy, though. I love that. Like people were literally, I did a poll and I said, hey, I'm back. Did anyone miss me? And it was like so many people who said yes. There were there were three people who said no. So I, you know, I had to take a closer look at their profile. But <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> She's like, oh, dang, you didn't miss me. You know but what? Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> There's always a Debbie Downer There's somewhere. Always. Yeah. And and I'm just going to go ahead and, and assume they accidentally said no. But <laughs> it was an accident. I'm kidding. I, I don't care. I but think in yeah, this community, I, though, we're we're building a, a community here of, you know, post-op care. Yes. And. I think women really appreciate that because there was nobody out there telling you, Hey, this is how you recover or this is how you're supposed to recover. This is things that helped me in my recovery. Because when I know I was in the surgeon's office, we help you to an extent, but you know, when we're seeing 50, you know, patients in a consultation day and there's multiple surgeries going on every day, it's very easy to, lose track of how each specific patient is doing in their recovery and help them, you know, specifically to them, unless they tell us when we see them in the office, if they're in the office and we're in a post-op appointment and they're, you know, asking questions or they need help, then we're like, they have all of our attention and we can walk them through the process. But once they leave, they're in the streets. They're getting all their information from (laughs) other places. They're getting their information from other people. So that's why so much, so much of it is bad. Yes. Such bad information out there. Yeah. I, I can't even, you guys, sometimes I, I read things on Facebook that I'm like, how do you not get run over on the daily basis? (laughs) It's yeah. I just want you guys to make smart decisions. Use with, common sense. Use yes. your common sense. If your surgeon is, is not even giving you the time of day before surgery, you can't even get a hold of them to ask him a question that you're worried about affecting your outcome. I had a patient reach out to me who was like a week out from surgery. She was going to have surgery in a week and she had a question and she couldn't get an answer. Oh, no. And I'm, um, she's asking me because I was asking, I had asked for questions and I can only help you so much because really it's, this is something you need to talk to your doctor about, but you can, they can't even get a hold of them. And it just makes me f- very frustrated, very upset, very like, how could y'all be running a business like this? You know, just, all There's of these so, feelings. So much of that. So much of the the corner cutting, as Dr. Azizi put it in his episode, I am totally seeing the same thing with like some of my clients asking me questions where I'm like, wait, this is 100% a question for your surgeon. And then they let me know how they can't get a hold of them. So first of all, (laughs) if you can't get a hold of your surgeon for like a regular, like, you know, question of, you know, trying to think about how to prepare for surgery, how do you expect to communicate your vision for your body to them. 
you know, like even more importantly, how, how do you know that whatever that they're going to deliver on your body is actually aligned with what you have in your mind for how you want to look? So you can like, I know it costs, it costs more money to go to a surgeon who's actually going to care about you, but that money is freaking worth every penny of it. It really is. It is. It is. I know there's places where you can get a $6,500 BBL or oh, maybe yeah. even cheaper. I don't know. Maybe even cheaper. Right. But like out of the country, even yeah. cheaper. Here in the US, like that barely covers cost. Of, of the operating room. Of the operating room <laughs> of, the, of everything that you need, the surgeon's time of all of it. Like it barely covers costs. So all the nurses, right? I don't know how... I don't know how they're doing it, but uh, exactly how Dr. Azizi said, which was cutting corners. Cutting corners. One of those corners is patient care. It's in, like interactive patient care. Like that is one of the corners that's being cut. And that's why these patients are not able to talk to the surgeon before surgery. Yeah, you guys mine, mine. don't do it. Y'all know how I, that at least that's how I feel about it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. But Diana and I have a little treat for you guys. We're working on something that I think will open up a lot of eyes. I'm not yes. going to tell y'all about it because it's a secret talk for now. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot wait. You guys are going to love it. There, yes, y'all are going to love it. So just tune in for next time. For today, Diana, thank you so much for walking us through your process. I think this is going to be so helpful to a lot of patients who are you know, analysis paralysis who are yeah. just waiting or maybe they needed to hear from somebody, somebody, you know, how is it? How is the process? How do you, how does it go? And I think this is going to open up a lot of eyes and it's going to open up a lot of ears for patients to be able to pick the right surgeon, go with their gut, trust their process, understand the recovery and just know that they're not alone and it's all worth it. Absolutely. And and really, plastic surgery is a risk, right? I mean, it's just like going outside, you're taking a certain level of risk. But plastic surgery is a risk. So let's minimize how big that risk is by doing your due diligence before your surgery and picking the right person to change your physical appearance, which basically that's what they're doing. So Absolutely. minimize your risk. Yeah. Minimize your risk by doing your homework. All right, you guys, I think that's it for this week. I hope y'all enjoyed it. Send me your messages. Send me if you want to be the hottie of the week. Send Ooh. me your info. Let's talk about it. Let's do it. I'll see y'all next week. Bye. I would like to end this episode with a huge thank you to all of our listeners. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure to subscribe to Big Butts No Lies podcast. And follow us on Instagram at Big Butts No Lies Podcast. If you have a topic you want me to cover, please send it to the DM. If you know anyone on their plastic surgery journey, be sure to recommend them the show. You can also visit us on our website, BigButtsNoLies.com. You'll see the online surgical recovery store. We're adding new items all the time. If there's something you think I need to have on there, send me a DM. <laughs> Don't forget to leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget, new episodes every Monday. I'll see you then.